Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Cheddar. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is the godfather of Canadian hip-hop. He's an artist, author, motivational speaker, and actor. I am humbled to have Maestro Fresh West on the Come Up Show podcast. I had a great conversation with him. He's going to be speaking about his journey in detail on September 9th, 2 p.m. at McMichael. More info I'll provide on their website, McMichael.com. You know, this is an event that we've been promoting. Uh, Mishimi happened as well, too. It's a great event to do on a Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. There's actually an art bus that picks you up from downtown and takes you to the venue and brings you back as well, too. So make sure you check out the info on thecomicshow.com, mcmichael.com, and it's also in the link description. Without further ado, Maestro Fresh West of the Comic Show Podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. I go by the name of the Maestro Fresh West. With the greatest MCs of all time, I was the one who used to say. I seen a lot of valleys, I seen a lot of peaks, I seen the bitter with the sweet victory and defeat. Sometimes I fell, but a voice kept saying, "Son, stick to your vision, keep the composition." Seen a lot of shame in the game. Seen a lot of pain with the fame. Seen a lot of highs and lows, but that's just the way life goes. Welcome, Thank Maestro. You. Welcome to the Come Up Show, and I appreciate you being here. And, uh, you know, we, before we were recording, we were talking about how you were driving all the way from L.A. to you were trying to make it to Toronto. Yeah. You took some five-hour energy drinks, and well, you were well, trembling. I was trembling. So, listen, just so I ain't Superman, okay? So, it wasn't like one drive. It was a couple of days in between. But my last haul, yeah. I thought I could make it from wherever I was. Yeah. I think it was... Uh, Indianapolis or something like that. I can't yeah. remember, but I thought I could make it to Toronto. Yeah. But I took those five-hour drinks, man, those energy drinks. I took two of those, man. I was trembling. By the time I got to London, I'm like, nah, man. It's it's a wrap. It's a yeah, wrap. so you call me up. You're like, Chetto, you're in town. Let's just go for dinner. And I was yeah, like, oh, my man. God. Yeah. I don't know how many years ago that was, but I was still kind of new in the game. I'm like, Maestro wants to have dinner with me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, come on, man. You're a good guy, man. You're a good dude, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, what I found that, uh, you know, you were at, you were like picking my brain at that time, whether yeah. it be on about social media or that type Always, of stuff. Always, man. Always, man. And uh, I found that really humbling, a person in your position uh, to be able to like, you know, you're being open-minded and you're like saying, you're asking about things you didn't know about and you're like, yeah. how, how can I get to know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which 
you know, a man of your stature and accomplishments can have an ego about it and not want it to bring himself to that level and openness. Why? Why is that important for you, man? Because, like, coming up in Toronto, I never had anybody older than me showing me what to do in terms of making records. Um, nobody. Like, you know, there was artists who were, like, party rockers. They could rock the mic at a party, you know what I mean, and make demo tapes. But in terms of actually making music and putting it out there, and, and we're all the same age or, or younger than me. So I learned from a young age, it's okay to ask questions, man. It didn't matter if it's uh, the ghetto concept generation or the cardinal, you know, or the rich kid or, or, or what have you. It's always been, I've always been like that. And, you know, because I know people grew up watching me, but um, I'm watching them too. And we all learn from each other. So I learned it's okay to be humble and just ask stuff and you know cuz mm. you know especially in this realm now it's a lot it's pretty intimidating considering where i came from you know so that's why i never had any problems um asking people questions because i was always there for people mm. um answering a lot of questions you know quadro will tell you he'd be up by my gates putting together you know business proposals as quadro from from ghetto concept he'll tell you like we're laughing stuff like that back in the days now I'll ask him for advice, you know what I mean? Mm. So we just, it's just like men sharpen men like steel sharpen steel, you know? And I looked at you as a sharp young man coming out of London, you mm. know what I mean? So I'm like, yo, I felt good. Let me ask you a couple of things, and you've definitely been inspiring to me mm. and definitely been supportive of me. So, mm. respect. So you said there's some things about like today, like uh, what is, like you said, it's intimidating. What's it? I mean, what yeah. I meant by that was yeah. from a broad perspective, um, I'm from the era of the physical. I will live in the era of the digital. Now, when you look at, like, myself, um, I'm an artist. My first record dropped 1989. I was considered old school by 1987. Um, I was called old, washed up by... 1987? 1987. Not 1997. Okay. 1987, because I was known from, like, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, all those years. And then when Mishy Me came out with uh, Elements of Style, with, with, with... boogie down production that was like the changing of the guard man it was like we're not making demo tapes anymore we're not putting out you're not doing concerts alone it's like what else it's putting out records and um yeah then you know 89 backbones had to start slide man shout out to stevie b and, and uh, much music and lmr records and farley flex all that right there it was that was the changing of the guard but the point was um i was considered old from a long time you know before i even dropped records so why were you considered old though because you were out for a, se- a few years before yeah 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 but wow. you, gotta, you gotta think like from 82 to yeah. 87 mm-hmm. that's like that's considered a long time man 82 83 84 5 or 6 87 yeah mm. that's considered a long well is that because back then because it's so it's still early in in the genre that like yeah. you, there's nobody around for over a decade that's successful or commercial yeah, like nobody that to, we yeah. had no point of reference to look at and say this was the way it yeah. goes man you know so Hmm. Um, you know, so I've, I've been I've been considered old from a long time. Obviously, I don't really listen. I just do my thing and continue to learn and continue to evolve and hmm. and do my thing. But yeah. Well, do you think so? Is that so? That that's always I guess been old because you know how now even like hip hop is a, a a youthful genre. Obviously, a young man's game. Uh, and you know sometimes you know nowadays uh, you know the new fans or new artists may discount or dismiss. Our 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 OGs yeah. are uh, so did that ex- is, did that exist since then is that oh, is that yeah. the same type of energy hell yeah yeah I was considered OG you gotta remember that's way before the Cardinal uh, was on the scene or mm. 
way before like ghetto concept and those guys were on the scene or anything like that. I was considered, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's it always, I've always had that issue right there, you know, because I, I had um, exposure. I mean, we're in Ryerson right now. That's where I started, man, 88.1 FM. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron Nelson, 1982, 83, around those times like that. So by the time 87 rolled around the corner, mm-hmm. it was a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just glad I was able to persevere. Uh, I was glad I was able to evolve and, and transcend into different things. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. How how important was Ron Nelson? Ron, is Nelson, Ron Nelson, he's like the he was the dude. I was fifteen. He put me on radio for the first time. He he was the one who created that forum right there. Um, that's the dude who put me on like that. Like everybody else, like no disrespect, but I can't really nobody like broke my career. Like any of these DJs, they'll tell you. Mastermind was a kid. Um, DJ X was a kid. Power was a kid. Starting from scratch, wasn't even in Toronto at the time. Um, Ron Nelson was the dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was the guy, you know? And he helped me out from from 15 to, like, he. it was changing the guard. He left CKLN, I think, 89 mm-hmm. is when he left. And that's when things changed. It was a d- different shift altogether where I was considered commercial. <laughs> so I never had a chance <laughs> to be that dude. It was like, because when Ron left C- CKLN, it was like DJ X and that squad, that era coming through. And, you know, you got to remember a lot of times in Toronto, cats had a hard time accepting success on any level. From you what know, perspective? Um, mainstream. Everything had to be underground. But here I am coming out, and nobody had a reference point of how to treat a, a gold selling artists like how do you do it like <laughs> this Toronto a, a Canadian gold selling gold selling artist, artist. they yeah. know how to do that like how like you know everyone thinks they're just as good or better why me you know say if it's luck if it's this if it's that but you know I'm, you know a lot of people just weren't ready I was that guy at the time mm-hmm. you know so um, you know that was challenging too at that but you know like there's a saying I got extraordinary people will always have extraordinary challenges and I like to think of myself as an extraordinary person. Like when you see how I've evolved and things that I've done and you know, like I said, two thousand and nineteen mm. will be the thirty year anniversary of Let Your Back Most Live, which is the first single from a Canadian hip hop artist to go gold, first one to be on, on Billboard, um, you know, from the first album that went platinum in Canada. You know, mm. now it's like nothing. The kids growing up now, they're in Toronto especially, they're growing up in the era of entitlement. You know, we we grew up in the air of of being an underdog, like a true underdog, like you know, with with, with an inferiority complex because we're so close to like New York, you know what I mean? But now it's like you know, imagine kids growing up now in Toronto's at the top of the global food chain. It's a whole different um, city. So mm. like, that's why when a man them say like it's New Toronto, it's really New Toronto, you know, definitely. I I wonder like how how did you have to adapt to you're the man now you went gold and that that's, that hasn't happened yet and you're part of the community scene you're in the streets or whatever yeah. and and how did the people treat you like so, oh, people treat yeah. me good man yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm people overall people treated me lovely man yeah and I will say this because I just did a, Do- a Donovan Bailey documentary a couple of days ago yeah and I will say this you know I came out 89 Ben Johnson got the gold medal in the Olympics 88 and then it was quickly stripped from him so Ben Johnson at the time he was the first within our generation the first black 
Canadian of West Indian descent or just black Canadian to be on the world stage on any level. So we were all happy. Then when we saw what happened when they stripped his medal because of the of the steroids scenario, that put a temp uh, that put that, that changed the climate. You know, the temperature really changed. So I remember, Chad, I was in church with my moms, and I, I signed an autograph for this kid, and her father whispered in my ear, and I'll never forget this. The man said, "Yo, just don't mess this up," and I will never forget that because listen to those words that he told me. He said, don't mess this up. So you got to think. He didn't say congratulations. <laughs> he didn't say, you know, pat me on the back. He said, don't mess this up. So you got to think, what just happened? What's, what's, what happened for him to say, don't mess this up? Well, well, our only point of reference is what happened the year before with Ben Johnson in terms of a black Canadian doing anything on a world level. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I stay out of trouble, man, because mm-hmm. I'll never forget that feeling, man, because I feel like, you know, I'm in a position where my community's watching me and, and, and you know, I'm just trying to do the mm-hmm. right thing as much as I can. And, and But I'll never forget that. So because obviously when they saw Ben Johnson, the people see somebody that looks like them, they're proud. Yeah, we were so proud. I still, right? that's my man. Don't get yeah. me to it. Don't get yeah. twisted with me. I'm just saying <laughs> the way he was treated, like, you know, it was ridiculed and, and what have you. So in terms of seeing me shine right now, especially coming out of Toronto, having a gold record and platinum record and I'm in church with my moms and people are swarming me and, and, and asking for autographs I, I, I'll never forget it the dude just whispered in my ear man don't mess this up and I'll never forget that man. How, so that I, you're saying that changed how you moved that necessarily changed how yeah, I moved that yeah. was a reference that was just reinforcing the fact that I'm, I'm doing something big not only for me but for the, my community here man mm. this is huge this is bigger than me man this is like yo I, I was blessed I was selected to be that guy you know you gotta think about it man we mentioned like artists now like my man Drake you mentioned artists now you gotta think about it that's from the era of, of the physical when you could only see rap videos on Thursdays Hmm. That's before YouTube. Yeah. You could only uh, Saturdays if you're lucky, and if you're extra lucky, you see the repeat on Sunday. Hmm. You'd have to go to a record store to buy records. You know, buy that cassette. It took a quarter of a century for that to be exceeded with the help of the internet. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, what was done was monumental. I hope you guys are enjoying the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by the McMichael Canadian Art Collection in collaboration with Northside Hip Hop Archive. They're presenting an exhibit called Everything Remains Raw, which is a photography exhibit of Toronto's hip-hop culture from analog to digital. This exhibit is organized by the McMichael for Scotiabank Photography Festival. First offense. All the mix. The next event is an acoustic conversation, which is an interview and performance, and that's the Canadian godfather, Maestro Fresh West. This is happening Sunday, September 9th, 2 p.m. Maestro is going to be in conversation about his early years in Toronto's hip-hop scene, his longevity in the industry, and his acting career. He's going to be talking about when he was going from Toronto, from Scarborough to New York. The conversation is going to be followed by a live performance. For more info and to buy tickets, visit mcmichael.com today. There's an event coming up that the people should know about uh, uh, September 9th. Uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. at McMichael's. Uh, and you're going to be, it's gonna, called an acoustic conversation. Mishimi's already done this. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be performing. I'm going to try yeah. my best to because yeah. I'll be in North Bay. Okay. So I'm going to try my best to see if I can finagle something. I, I spoke to them already about that. that hmm. But you're definitely going to be talking in depth about yeah. your history, your path yeah. with the big tweez. Yeah. Uh, 
the co-host of Views from the Six. Yeah. And so people can check that out. Uh, that's not only, there's also a whole collection uh, yeah. gallery there. I got to see that, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm back now from filming, man. You know, Chattles, you, you may know I'm on a TV series called Mr. D. Yeah. Playing uh, vice principal. Hmm. And uh, we just wrapped up. So, like, the summers have been very eventful for me, you know, so. Yeah. But now I'm decompressing and just trying to get back onto what I'm doing. Just trying to get back. Yeah. yeah so, uh, people, you can check that out. The, the, the link that will be in our description on our podcast or go to thecomeupshow.com or actually the mcmichael.com. Uh, yeah, so it's a, an ex- exhibition organized by the McMichael Canadian Art Collection. And... Um, and it's also yeah. So you, there's also an art bus that takes you there straight from downtown because uh, it's it's in the north end of the city, uh, and it can bring you back as well too. So tickets are available for that right now. People can check that out. Um, yeah. So you're talking about you know you just wrapped up the eighth season. Yeah. <laughs> which is that's eight years, right? I have never been on a TV series that long, man. Yeah. I've never been on anything that long. The closest I've been to is like I think like four years with Instant Star. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, eight seasons, man. It was awesome. Mm, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me about that? That because obviously uh, the evolution or adding thing, different things to your uh, repertoire. Your, mm-hmm. uh, your author. You're a motivational speaker. You're obviously an artist. Uh, you're an actor. Like, there's so many different things you had to develop. When did that start? Like, when did you like that come into your head? And and you say, well, oh, acting. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, Tupac yeah. in um, Juice. Yeah. That's when I wanted to take it seriously and be like, okay, this guy went to acting school. Let me um, do this too. But even before that, when I saw Ice T in um, in uh, New Jack City and Ice Cube in, in uh, Boys in the Hood, that's what we, that sparked something. And then by the time I Tupac was in Juice, I was like, yo, man, I could do this too. Let me learn. Mm. And um, I started taking classes. I think I started taking classes um, a while. I was on an episode of New York Undercover back in the days in New York just to watch how stuff goes from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what, if, you know, you never know. If this rap rap game don't work certain ways, you have to have something to fall back on. I know I know, my man 50 Cent says, no plan B. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But to me, I got like plan B, C, D, E, F, mm-hmm. G. I just keep on co- trying to come with, with, with new plans and stuff like that. But um, mm-hmm. I started taking acting classes. and I, um, So how far along into your musical career or what time period doing, like, did you when start? When I did like Stick to Your Vision, the yeah. album Built to Last, Yeah, that's when I said, okay, Boom! Let me me um let me try to um learn a new craft. Hmm. So that's 1999. Yeah, 99. So I've been going hard for like 20 years with this, you know. Hmm. You know. So yeah, and then uh, when was uh, paid in full? Paid in full was yeah. uh I can't even remember when paid in full was. Yeah. Man. How did that opportunity happen? I I mean, uh, audition. Yeah. But I mean, the the reason I got shine is because Paul Swing uh Paul uh Sarasi, was the uh, the same cameraman for Let Your Backbone Slide, you know, mm-hmm. the same cameraman for that movie. So when he saw me in the whip, he made sure I got a little light on it, you know. Yeah. As well too. So that's that that's a legend. Like I consider that a legendary movie now. That like was dope. A, yeah, that's a, that's a cult classic. You know, a cult classic. It was good to be a part of that, man. Definitely. So okay then okay that's the acting and then uh, you wrote a book called Stick to Your I wrote Vision. A book called Stick to Your Vision. Um, yeah. Since the last time we spoke, that's a part of a school curriculum in one of the colleges in um, in, in Nova Hall- Scotia. And, yep. Yeah. And um, I just received an honorary diploma last summer for for the book for the impact it's made on on the uh, 
the school, man. How cool mm-hmm. is that? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's actually in a, um, implemented in a curriculum. People yes, are yeah. learning these, yeah, and like, what kind of, what are the principles or the things that they're learning from the? Well, book? you know the yeah. three, man: expectation, yeah. operation, destination. I think yeah. we spoke about that when when I drove from from <laughs> when I when we were at dinner that time when I was, yeah. I was trembling from my, my five hour power drink. <laughs> but um, yeah, expectation, operation, um, destination, and um. And, you know, it's an upward spiral. You get to a certain destination. I mean, you reach certain things, then there's a new set of expectations for you. Mm-hmm. And them students said that, you know. Is that the order, though, if we can go into that a little bit? So your first yep. thing is what your what? Your expectations yeah, are? Respect yourself, man. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know. From yourself. From yourself. And yeah. realize, too, that sometimes people have, like, a, they have a preconceived notion of you not shining. You know what I mean? And how that affect, how's that going to affect you? You of know, not shining. Of not excelling, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, people tell me I'm a, like, they stress to me I'm a good father. And I'm like, that's good. But what am I doing? That's so good. I'm taking care of my youth. But indirectly, you know, a lot of times it comes from, it's a genuine thing, which is fine. But you got to remember, as a black man, there's a low expectation of us altogether. People ain't going to say that all the time to your face, but you can see by certain things. So to see, it's like an anomaly. Mm. You see me help my youth with his homework, but if it was a little Billy there with his dad from hockey practice, it's no big thing. It's just doing what what have you. So you got to understand the people's perspective. You know, a lot of times it's our fault for how we 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 um move on our own. But a lot of times too, it's like you know people's perception of us a lot of times. So you got to think people's expectation of us as a people a lot of times isn't the highest anyway. You know. So you got to think, what, why are you here? What's your purpose? You know, how much people are you going to impact? Mm-hmm. You know, and and what, what do you want to do with this? Like, I had a high expectation of myself as an MC. I just knew I was dope, period. You know what I mean? And the operation was putting the work in, going to dropping off your, your demo tapes to labels and getting dissed, getting lost, trying to drive to New York City, ended up in Lake Placid. You know, but I'm trying to get back on dropping, you know, your, your stuff on labels. No GPS. No GPS labels dissing you left, right, and center. And, you know, that's a part of the operation, you know. Destinations, when when, when you get that thing, you, you know, that thing could be um, a student graduating from high school, a student graduating from university, could be receiving a, a Juno Award, could be receiving that bag, it could be receiving whatever. You reach a destination. But once you reach that destination, there are more expectations for you to to continue going and that's you know that message is universally applicable and um i guess that's why they felt that you know what i deserve a little diploma for that you know what i mean mm. so, so it's cool well, that's a blessing right like you yeah. don't expect that right like no nah, i didn't go into it for that i'm just like yeah. yo you know i did a book tour out there they treated me good out there man in, in halifax man so yeah well the east coast hospitality is a real <laughs> thing very very accommodating people we're going, we're going to miss him because mr d's done that that was the eighth and final season jerry, oh really yeah jerry pulled the plug on his, his own which is great because mm. as opposed to the network pulling the plug he was just like yo this is dope wow sorry i didn't know that it's no, a sorry, lot, final season yeah we had a final season man and eight a, years eight years, years. Man. I'm, I'm only sad because i ain't going to work with all those people again you know yeah, is and, a, they're and, a family it's a family you gotta yeah. understand that job is not like your regular job you go <laughs> you go to work come home no you fly to halifax in the summer mm-hmm. so your summertime that's when you're 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 uh filming mr d so we see seen all these kids grow. Like my son is doing background work for the last two seasons, making some good money as one of the students. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And we've seen kids grow. We've seen families start. We've seen, you know, a lot happen within that. So, you know, mm. when I know we, we, we're coming back, I'm thinking fish and chips. I, I know my spot, you know. In Halifax. In Halifax. You yeah. got it. Uh, so what... Uh 
how does it how does that feel now? You feel like it's like a, is it bittersweet or something? Or like bittersweet, yeah, 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 bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. there was a summer job. You know, people ask, me, "What are you doing now?" What am I doing? What am I doing now? We mean what I'm going to do next summer. That was just, that was just a summer job. You know what I mean? Mm. We, the hustle continues. We always do do things, man. Continue moving. Hmm. What have you? I got a TED Talks out called uh, Revision, Self Revision. I'm gonna start promoting shortly, and and you know, doing some cool things, man. Hmm. Uh, so, like, Troy, you're saying when you first started out, nobody, there was nobody to teach me. There is nobody like you. No one from no, can, no, yeah. no point of reference. No like, point of yeah, reference yeah. in terms of what do you do when you make when you're out there. So, like, Beat Factory. That was like the OVO back then. So Beat Factory was was a was a squad that had like artists like in their stable like Mishimi and Nelly Love, Dream Warriors, um, K Force, uh, Kenny Crush and Scad, MC Rumble and Strong, Jam on Strong, HDV. Like everybody was 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 uh, Beat Factory at the time. Hmm. So I was inspired by them. I just watched what they did. I see all these artists on a show called Electric Circus. Let me try things still too. Let me get on Electric Circus myself. Mm. So I, I learned from watching those movements like that. But we we're all, it was all we were all each other's measuring sticks. I'm saying from the time we got on, there was nobody older than me saying like a, like an OG saying this is what's going to happen. This is what's not going to happen. No, nobody. Mm. So I, I was learned to humble myself and learn from cats younger than me. Yeah. So was there a point where maybe you were uninspired in uh, specifically in making music and, and being an MC? Like, yo, I just don't feel it right now. I saw Moss last night, the producer Moss last night. Where at, is that guy at, uh, by the way? He's here? He was here, yeah. yeah I was yeah. with him last night, man. Because yeah. uh, my man, uh, rest in peace, Born Swift, we went to his uh, celebration life. Mm. And um, I said, yo, Moss, man. And he was like, yo, man, I owe you. I owe you some beats. And I, he said, man, he goes, I haven't made any music since I did that Coogee rap album. Let me tell you something. I told him that Coogee rap album is what made me want to do a new album because I was just going to do an EP. But when I saw Return of the Dawn and Produced by You, I'm like, hell yeah, I ain't doing no EP. I'm going to work and make sure that's like a 10-song, 12-song album. That's what I did. And I, I just want you to know that's how much inspiring you did for me with that. And um, he says, "Yeah, I'm the type of I'm the type of producer. I go in spurts. I have not made any beats since that. And that was two years ago. So I'm like that. There's spurts when I just don't feel like writing. I know it'll come back to you, but don't rush it. Don't rush it. You know. Hmm. Um, I know when when Biggie got killed, I didn't feel like doing music for a while because I just felt this is weird. This is whack. Like hip hop is kind of whack right now. You know. Um, but then you got phases." You got phases, then you get more inspired to make music, and, and, and you know. So right now I'm just starting to scroll some new projects, and the bars are dope. The bars are dope, and I like that. You know what I'm saying? Do you still have that feeling when you're saying, you know? Hell yeah. When I come up with something ill, I feel good. It's that feeling. You know, when I heard the last album, Coach Fresh, I said, yeah, this is dope, man. And that's my best album I ever made was my last album. And when I say that, I meant sonically from the track one to track two, for, to, to, to track 13, rather, 57 minutes and 52 seconds of pain, man. It's a dope album, man. And sonically, it was well put together. Conceptually, everything is dope, man. So, mm. yeah, the fact that I'm not saying it was my favorite album per se or my favorite songs per se, but album-wise, top to bottom, that was my best album. The fact that I could say that at 49 years old, going out of 50, is a beautiful thing, man. You know what I mean? So, 
So yeah, I'm working mm. on some new joints that I feel good about it too, man. This is it's hip hop, man. This is not even as hip hop, it's art, man. You know, Neil Young, ain't nothing young about Neil Young. He's still doing shows, man. Mm. You know? There isn't a time limit. There's no to time make music. limit. But you know, just like you said, and which I agree from what people think is hip hop is a young boy's game. Who said that, man? Kids are genetically modified to think that way, you know, to think that you can't grow at a certain level. I'm growing, man, and I'm nice, man. My ish is still dope. And that's how I'm gonna continue doing it, because we're artists, man. And you know, so I know you're smiling because you feel me. You know, you know I feel it, man. I'm like, like talk that talk, bro. Yeah, my album's dope, man. My album's dope. That's why I got nominated for best rap recording of the year. You know, a guy named Tory Lanez beat me out of it, and you know, Drake would have beat me out of that too if if he was nominated too. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, at 49 years old, my last album not only was it my best album I ever put out, was one of the best albums to come out of Canada. Done done mm. like it's not even i said it confidently because <laughs> it was you know what i'm saying conceptually the stuff that i was saying shout out to like artists like like uh sky zoo um you know cool keith from from legendary cool keith from ultra magnetic legendary razz from west coast you know what i'm saying fame it's like come on man i, I did it up man Mm. Definitely, and that's that. That's what's important, right? In terms of like, you have to compare yourself to yourself. You have to yeah. hold yourself to your own standard and saying, "Am I growing? Am I excited? Am I killing it? Am I like right?" Listen, I promise myself, I'll never be a grumpy old man, but I'll never be Samuel L. Jackson on a skateboard. And what I meant by that is, I'm never going to be like that old guy with his pants sagging, trying to look and act young. You know, I'd rather these young men look at me and say, like, when I turn 50, I want to look like that guy over there, as opposed to why is he trying to look and sound and do what we do, you know? I put a, I did a trap joint on my album, but look how I did it. I did it with Ghetto Concept and Infinite. I brought all the, brought those guys back together. They ended up joint together in 20 years, and we murdered that beat. Like, come on, man, that, that was easy. That was the easiest track for me to do, and it was dope, you know what I mean? So continue making music continue evolving and continue smiling and looking good while you're doing it man you know mm. yeah uh sure i can imagine that like uh, maybe the youngins or artists come to you sometimes and ask you for advice or guidance or whatever yeah. like what do you tell what do you say to people i say a couple yeah. things but yeah. one it's easy to assimilate man it's easy to assimilate you're in an era right now when when it's it's cool to be sounding like somebody else man it's it's really it's hard to be you're not really inspired to be original but I say don't make records, make history, because anybody can make a record. But making history is when you say something, you do something that people remember you years and years later. So when you see artists like Bob Marley, he didn't make records, he made history. Um, Eminem, he didn't make records, he made history. Bob Dylan, Smokey Robinson, you know what I'm saying, Wu-Tang Clan, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I try to be. I try to, you know, do things, to say things that last, that people check a few years later. That's what I'm saying in 2019. It's a 30-year anniversary. I let your backbone slide, man. That must mean something to to a lot of people, mm. um, especially coming out of Toronto here mm. to see where we're, we, we've evolved, you know. Mm. That's before Toronto had an NBA team. I was platinum. You know, the city has changed, and I'm just glad to be a part of it and to grow and still be inspired by artists younger than me, and we're all growing together, you know. So. Mm. What's currently inspiring you? And this is not mean necessarily musically just like what is inspiring what's giving stroll life or energy oh just like right my now? son man i got yeah. a nine-year-old who's just dope man that's a good young man you know what i'm saying and i remember one of the last things i when we wrapped up shoot mr d my man my man jonathan torrance who plays chili who's plays j-rock on uh on uh trailer park boys we mm -hmm. had a couple of drinks man but he says yo what let me tell you something west good working with you but listen 
you're 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 a good rapper, but you're a great father, man. And and I know he meant that sincerely, cause my son was on set, being just being polite, respectful for everybody, and that's what we can do to the next generation. Show these kids, you know, how we move. You know, what I'm saying we're descendants of greatness, and we gotta move a certain way, and and um, that's inspiring me mm. to, to continue growing, man. You know. Mm. Yo, I really, I truly appreciate your time, Stro. No, come on, man. I appreciate you. That's why I came through. Anything else you want to leave the people with, man? Um, I'm good, man. I got a couple of things. I'll tell you off camera. You know what okay. I'm saying? But I'm, you know, it's an I'm, exclusive just for me. Yeah, exclusive stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stro. Oh, man. Yo, special thanks to Maestro Fresh West coming through the Come Show podcast. You might have heard he was a little bit tired. And yo, for him to come through just because I sent him an email, I'm so humbled and honored, man. I would never believe you if you told me this when I started the Show.com that I would have this type of relationship with the God, the God, Maestro Fresh West. So yo, September 9th, I want to see y'all there. It's 2 p.m. It's an acoustic conversation with a performance at McMichael, there's an art bus that picks you up downtown and takes you out round trip as well too. So thank you guys for tuning in. I catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.